0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, no matter what time it just so happens to be during the day. Hope you're having a good one. I am your host, Chas Kibler, and you're listening to a very special edition of Almost First. Joining me via Skype is Casey Abramson. Did I say that right?
1: Yes, you said that right.
0: <laughs> okay. And Lee Wah, the dynamic duo, or should I say awesome duo, of the their very <laughs> own podcast, Podcasts. <laughs> Awesome film fanatics. (laughs) Hey guys, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedules to join a loser like me. (laughs)
1: Our pleasure. Our pleasure. And I think you're giving us way too much credit right now. <laughs> yeah. We're
2: very happy to um, be here on your podcast, too.
0: Yeah. Well, well, thanks. So before we get started, just give us a little background. Tell us a little about yourselves, the vibe of your show, and how the colla- collaboration between you two got started. And in general, why do you like movies? <coughs>
1: Well, I, I've always had a serious passion for movies ever since I was a little kid. And Lee here always had a thing for music and movies and foreign cinema, especially cinema made in uh, France, like the Intouchables and La Anne and things like that. And we met at university and, you know, I majored in communications and I was hearing all these things about how tough the business is and this and that and I was just thinking what could I do that I can enjoy I can control and get my voice out there to start my career and I remember I learned about podcasting and I said I guess the next best thing about making um next to making movies is uh talking about movies so I came up with the idea um for awesome film fanatics one I just like uh the word awesome and you know film fanatics awesome yeah <laughs> it, is, it is and film fanatics that just you know rolled off the tongue for some reason and uh, my girlfriend lee here she was trying to figure out what she wanted to do and she had a liking for movies like me so i just asked her if she would like to try it out she said sure and we did one episode she really liked it and we've been a team ever since
0: Oh, that's a great story. (laughs) uh, Do you feel the same way?
2: (laughs) Yes, I do. And him introducing me to more into cinema with um, various directors like Quentin Tarantino, which you love. Uh, He's my favorite
1: director of all time.
2: Like James Cameron, all these um, famous directors out there. And me introducing him to um, music and foreign films that expanded our minds more open within the film cinema because music does play a role in, mu- in um, cinema and the fact that he knows mostly American films and I introduced into French films and that connects with um, the King's Film Festival which is way more open to um, films like Clerks a film that you wouldn't think would win an Academy Award or something like that, but it won something special at Keynes, so certain things like that.
1: Yeah, a really good piece of uh, trivia for the listeners. The Cannes Film Festival is the most prestigious film festival in the entire world. It's an invitation-only event, and winning the Palme d'Or, which is the highest award, is much more accomplishing than winning an Academy Award for one big reason. The Academy, with the exception of the category of best foreign film, only recognizes American cinema. Keynes, on the other hand, represents all cinema. So let's just say, um, Chaz, either you or I and Lee, let's just say we um, make a movie together and we could say it's an American film and we go up against four other people who also made it onto the list. We could be going up against a director who's Japanese, one who's Hungarian, one who's French and one who's Swedish. And the fact that they recognized our film if we win is a- an outstanding achievement.
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool. It sounds like a lot of diversity in these at this uh particular event. So you can definitely yeah, bring in absolutely. a lot of culture.
1: Yeah, definitely. How did, um, if you don't mind my asking, how did you come up with your idea for your almost first podcast?
0: So when I was at work, my coworker, um, she just recently started, and she loved listening to podcasts. And she was like, you should start a podcast since you're, because I also do comedy, and I I just wow. like getting out there and talking. And I, too, also uh, have a degree in communications, so. I just wanted to get my voice out there and I found myself always going to the movies a lot and I found myself becoming more critical of movies because at some point I get tired of seeing crappy movies. But let's be frank, like seeing bad movies are fun to review. So I always found myself nitpicking, looking at the cinematography and like how are they getting these shots? And I just started becoming like enriched in like the, movies in general but i would love to branch out and start getting into some foreign films as well just to broaden my audience any recommendations oh, yeah. lee
2: oh oh well um are you familiar with um well foreign film that you probably would recognize is the girl with the dragon tattoo not the one with Daniel craig but the original Swedish version
0: with noomi rapace Well, I have heard of that, so that would probably be a good jumping off point for me.
2: Um, If you're familiar with with, um, the story, yes. Here's the thing, though. With foreign cinema, they are very, very known for being very intense, going all out with, you know, the sex scenes, the gore, the violence and all of that. But it shows how raw that um, foreign cinema are. 'Cause with American cinema you could tell they there's so many regulations and rules with yeah. the MPAA so there's yeah. certain things I can't do. With foreign cinema it's a completely um perspective, like they show you <laughs> almost everything.
1: Yeah. No it's gone. something yeah, it's something that John Carpenter says they're not cursed with the sophistication of the West.
2: Oh that's true. Yeah. Oh that's so
0: true. <laughs>
1: And like I would a very have to say
0: thing to put on a T-shirt. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> and I would have to say that um, a great, another great foreign film to start off with would probably have to be Pan's Labyrinth.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. What's that about? It's um, about a young
1: girl who um, has a ruthless colonel, um, I think, for a stepfather and she moves into this house with him, and it's during the Spanish Civil War, and she ends up feeling that she doesn't really quite belong in this world, so all of a sudden, one night, this little creature wakes her up and takes her to this labyrinth, and she sees this fawn, And he tells her, if you want to go back to your home, because you are not a part of this world, if you want to go back, you have to complete these tasks. And that's basically, it's her journey trying to get back to where she came from. It was directed by Guillermo del Toro, who directed uh, Pacific Rim, Hellboy, and um, Mimic, and Blade Two
0: yeah he's got a decent filmography
1: yeah no he's and uh, here another sorry, I just ramble on like crazy with these stories
0: <laughs> it's cool he
1: never made a single penny from that movie because oh. he said it was he said it was the second most difficult shoot he'd ever had. His first one was mimic, but it was for very different reasons with mimic, the studio was constantly hassling him like oh that might not work and no, all. you need a second unit you can't do this you have to do that and this and that but pan's labyrinth it was a film where three or four times very dear people who were very close to him and he deemed very wise and supported him through pretty much everything just said to him give up and, yeah. And they were like, you're a stubborn moron. Just give up. No one wants to do this. And Guillermo del Toro, every single time that happened, he just said no. And then he said to them, take my salary. Take whatever you need. We're going to keep going.
0: That's dedication. That not a lot Yeah. Of people and,
1: yeah. And it ended up becoming... The like um like one of the top ten highest grossing foreign films in the world.
2: Oh, definitely. Yeah. And you would think with um the cover on the DVD or the poster, you think, oh, it's a cutesy little kids' film. It's not. It's, it's very.
0: <laughs> That's how they get you.
1: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but it's one of those films where. You don't expect it to be ingenious because, like Lee said, with the whole poster and everything, but when you watch it, you're like, oh, my God, this guy's an absolute genius. And, and he is.
2: And there was, um, I believe he had Stephen King get um, get on set or watch the film.
1: Yeah, there's a scene where this monster is chasing the little girl. And apparently Stephen King was watching the movie and he was cringing.
2: If you can make Stephen if King you th- cringe, you're doing something yeah. great.
0: I was just about to say the same exact thing, because that guy made some
1: Guillermo, Gio- creepy yes, stuff. Guillermo del, Toro, Guillermo del Toro said that that, what, that felt so much better than being nominated for an Oscar.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that oh is an Oscar goodness. right there.
1: Yeah. Chaz, I so think you me. might be our long-lost cousin. Probably. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Why is that?
1: With the way you talk about films and everything, and you're a communications major, I'm a communications major. You want to expand your love for foreign cinema? Lee could do that for you.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, like I want, I want to keep this going. Eventually, bring my co-hosts on, but they're too busy having labs and stuff. So. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, another um foreign cinema that you might be interested in. I'm sure everyone has heard of. Um, House Moving Castle, um, Kiki's Delivery Service,
0: Studio Ghibli.
2: Studio Ghibli films, cause
0: Studio Ghibli.
2: Yeah, are you familiar with um, random Japanese characters like a, a um a cat like rabbit thing holding an umbrella with a little girl next to her? Something like so that. I guess I not. Google.
1: Okay. <laughs> Studio Ghibli is basically the Walt Disney of Japan. And actually, Walt Disney, Disney
2: was inspired by
1: Studio Ghibli yeah. to make its creatures. I heard his his creatures. I should yeah. say. Yeah, and Walt Disney actually made the Ghibli movies famous here in the states.
0: Yeah, like uh, *Spirit Away* or *Totoro*. Yes, that. Yeah, that. Yeah,
1: that. Yeah, that
0: one. That one. I like their animation style too.
2: Oh, yeah, it's very, very um, distinct. And just like any other anime you've probably seen or heard of, they're known for their expressions. They, they really show how the, the character feels and such.
1: Yeah.
0: Nice. You got, you got to check some of these out.
2: Yeah, definitely.
0: So you guys were ready to talk about the Punisher trailer? Absolutely. Yes. So what you guys think about it? There's There's a lot to take in obviously um.
2: i love the fact that i saw shane from the walking dead <laughs> <laughs> again i was like oh my god
1: <laughs> we when we watched that trailer she jumped for joy when jason bernthal appeared on uh, the john screen. john, john Burnthal. john bernthal appeared on the screen i was
2: like oh my gosh shane oh my god because <laughs> we're both on fans at fans of the walking dead
0: and I've seen John all in other movies like he, he's been getting a lot of small roles and I feel like he's he has star power like he, he can Oh lead. yeah mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. no absolutely I, in, I think
0: I saw him in Baby's Driver he, he had like one a small role and he was hardly oh, in the baby? film I was disappointed yeah. about that yeah. I also saw him in Wind River amazing film mm-hmm. if you guys haven't checked it out see that he had a small part in that too but he's definitely a star
2: Oh, yeah. Well, I'm glad for um, this TV show, they make him A-star. Because would you think that he would play a good Punisher
1: just from the trailer? Yeah, no, absolutely. Because, you, you know, the, the Punisher is not supposed to be one of those clean-cut pretty boy Superheroes. He's a rough anti hero who does whatever he has to do to get the job done. And John Bernthal, he, he doesn't really look like one of those pretty boys. He looks like
0: a rough, tough guy.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. And he, again, he has, a,
0: he has a punchable face. Very punchable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. He, in
1: my opinion, he can make a, a great punisher.
2: I love in the trailer how there's that sequence of a. Um, at scenes of the guns being loaded, and then you hear the guitar music playing in unison with the guns being loaded. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah, a lot of people said the music, like, the music from Metallica made the trailer. Like, it just fit so perfectly with the Punisher persona. And you're right, I think... John Bernthal is perfect for this role because if you look back at his character Shane on The Walking Dead, he was always willing to do what no one else would. And The Punisher kind of is like Shane, like he's willing to do what other superheroes won't do. There is no morality clause where he's just going to arrest the villain or put him in jail. No, he's just going to take him out and ra- eradicate the problem altogether. So that's why I think Shane and The Punisher are kind of alike. Yeah.
1: And also, Shane and the Punisher, both of them have nothing to lose. And that's why they'll do anything they can to get the job done.
0: That's a great point. Shane didn't have a family in The Walking Dead, and his family's gone Like in yeah. the Marvels universe. So you're right.
2: I hope also, that... Um, this- I'm sorry Sorry. to put you off. I hope that this show does very well because, like you said, John Bernthal, he's a really great actor, and I do hope, including with this role that he has, it opened more doors for him for um, more more gigs and stuff like that.
1: Well, that's what happened with Marilyn Monroe. She was doing, like, you know, small bit parts in a bunch of movies, and then eventually she moved up to playing the lead. Yeah. And this... This show might do
0: that. Mm-hmm. Only time can tell. We're still waiting on the yeah. release date. They're being very hush hush about that.
2: Oh yeah.
0: And did you guys you guys saw Daredevil, right? The the show. Oh yeah.
2: Yeah
0: we yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the trailer I noticed that Karen Page, the love interest of Matt Murdoch is in here and it's gonna be interesting to see what type of role she's gonna play in this show. Because yeah. I know she's a reporter, maybe she's going to cover the reporter beat and what if, what Punisher is doing. But do you think there could possibly be a relationship between those two?
1: To be honest with you, I really highly doubt it. Because if you know you look if you look at the past Punisher movies, especially the ones the the one with John Travolta where John Travolta plays the bad guy, he yeah. he doesn't really form relationships because he doesn't want what happened to his family to happen to whoever he gets involved with. It's fear basically so I would be really really surprised if they do develop a relationship in the show.
0: She's probably going to be that moral conscious for the Punisher that he's ultimately going to ignore anyway but I think that's probably going to be her role most likely in this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys think we're going to get the obligatory night nurse appearance from Claire Temple, played by Rosaria Donson? Because she's like in everything. I, I feel like they shoehorn her in all the Netflix shows.
1: I don't. I don't know. I mean, if she's in everything, like you said, then yeah, it would only make sense that she makes an appearance.
0: So we'll see how well, that hey. goes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And the, the villain is going to be uh, played by Ben Barnes. He's going to play Jigsaw, which is the arch nemesis of The Punisher. Um, you guys uh, may know Ben Barnes from Chronicles of Nania and Westworld. And apparently, Jigsaw—he's more like a refined Joker. Like he's still unpredictable, but unlike the Joker, he's like still a strategist. So we'll see how this goes out and. Hopefully he can live up to like the Kingpin like cuz Marvel when it comes to villains like the good ones are very far few in between you know Like do you guys have a yeah. favorite Marvel villain that's been on film? Oh Oh
1: this
2: I don't know Oh
1: I would have to say and this Stumped is only you guys, because huh? Yeah, this is this is only because I grew up with this uh, villain the most when I was a kid because I would watch the animated Spider-Man show. Would have to be uh, Doc Ock.
0: Doc Ock, from Spider-Man yeah. Man too. Yeah. Oh.
1: And the Spider-Man animated series even.
0: Oh yeah, that was. He was pretty good in both in both films. Yeah. Platforms.
2: Well, Spider-Man was Like in terms good. of the,
0: the like the MCU. Like, do you guys... Who do you think was the best villain? Like, out of oh, all the that's... movies you watched.
1: Oh, my God. Out of out of all the Marvel movies we've seen?
0: Yeah. Uh, this,
2: this will take a while to think about. Oh, my God. And They're all good in their own way. Like, the way...
0: We had, they, we had Loki, uh, the Dark Elf. Malachith, um who else? Kingpin? So many Kingpin. Oh.
2: oh wow. Oh my god. Do you have a favorite um villain or um bad guy that you like?
0: My favorite villain so far has been Kingpin, played by Vincent D'Arfio. Like he fully embraced that role his intensity when he got mad was believable and I was even scared of him at one point and he has this calmness about him and like just in a flick of a switch like that emotion just changed and it was so believable so the Kingpin mm-hmm. has been my favorite villain so far within the MCU universe mm-hmm. and I hope I can mm-hmm. see a flash of him in the season of the Punisher
2: mm-hmm.
0: but, if you, but if you you guys can't think of one you can we can come back to it
2: yeah. Yeah, because this yeah this will take us a
1: while to yeah. think about. Oh my God! There's, this episode will probably end up being like hours yeah, long.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Just filled of dead air. Like. Mm.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. So I want to get into a little touchy subject. So uh, a little piece of news. Well, the New York City Comic Con is going on, and I know you guys live in New Jersey. Have you guys ever been to a Comic Con?
2: I I haven't yet. Yet. I've been to a
1: couple of Comic-Cons, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's probably something you should consider, like like take your podcast <laughs> on the road, like hit up a the Comic-Con. Thing
1: though,
2: the thing, though, is I have friends who went to um, the New York Comic-Con recent years, and apparently they're not doing well with um, making things more clear because apparently it's a bit messy there. You can't really find a... Like the way that they run their revenues and stuff like that, but that's just coming from a friend. I've, i definitely would love to go though, one day.
1: The first time that I went to the New York Comic Con, it was really cool. It was really organized and organized. Got, that's yeah. one thing. but the last time that I went, it was so crowded, I, I couldn't even stand and enjoy the booths or anything. Oh wow! So yeah, yeah they, it, they, it could get pretty huger. difficult
0: sometimes. Yeah
1: what'd
0: you say i said like these comic cons are only getting bigger especially with all these comic book properties coming out on tv and film so like they're drawing yeah. a bigger audience each and every year
2: yeah i mean it's a good thing it's just there are some situations like okay i want to go here but i can't go here sort of thing but i i heard it's a it's a fun time to be at overall anyway
1: yeah absolutely
0: and get to see all the cool costumes too. That's that's one of the things I love oh, yeah, about a good Comic Con.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: so the so the New York City Comic Con it's taking place this weekend between the fifth and the eighth of October, and apparently they pulled the Punisher trailer uh, panel rather due to the Las Vegas shooting. And there's also been some speculation that the series itself has been delayed due to the very same reason given that the show doesn't have an official release date, that's just hearsay. And uh, so what the Comic-Con did was replace the Punisher panel with a Stan Lee documentary. And my question to you guys is, do you think violence in film, television, and video games plays a role in these types of mass shootings? To be honest, I don't think so.
2: To a degree that people think, you can't automatically assume that every single kid who buys a rated M for mature video game with, you know, killing zombies and such, or Call of Duty, you can't assume that every kid who owns that the um, video game would go out on a rampage, get a gun, and kill everyone. It's like assuming that every time you watch a violent film. Or a violent scene, like in Bugs Bunny or cartoon or something <laughs> like that. Which, yeah,
1: because those cartoons are incredibly violent. They shoot, oh, yeah. they shoot each other. They drop things on each other's heads.
2: Yeah, you 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 won't see like a you won't see a kid get like a big hammer and like you know do whack a mole on somebody else. Like you can't expect that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I hold the firm belief that you know I mean, and I think I could speak for all three of us, I think films and video game, it, it, video games and things like that, it's all art. And the artist, him or herself, like can't really possibly, you know, imagine, you know, if anything like this would happen. So I really don't think that the artist should be, you know, Criticized or looked down upon if anything like this happens because they were just artistically expressing themselves. And, like, how would they know that something like this would happen? Because, like Lee said, there's so many things out there with excessive violence and things like that. So,
2: mind you, in cartoons, like little kids would watch, like I mentioned, Looney Tunes, Bugs Bunny.
0: Yeah. Like, I feel as though movies, TV shows and video games don't really play a part in this. I feel as though if someone wants to do something like what took place in Las Vegas, they were probably already thinking about this stuff. But at the same time, yeah. I feel like we've become so desensitized to violence. Like you see it on TV, and you see it on social media between two or more random people, like people would rather pull out a cell phone and record and go out world star and you know actually you know, like help someone. So I feel like as Americans we just enjoy violence. I could be wrong. Maybe you guys don't feel the way, but I feel like that plays a part as well. Phones ringing, guys. Yes.
2: Yeah, yeah, okay. That.
1: Sorry about
2: that. <laughs> another back. thing. Another thing that I realized that you just mentioned earlier right now is that. Again, everywhere on TV, we're so desensitized by violence. And it got me thinking with the film rating system, what was it, like PG-13 for disturbing violence or something like that? Yeah. But if you throw in a cuss word...
1: Sorry about this, (laughs) Tash.
0: No problem.
2: A cuss word or a sex scene... Something like that, then it's um, it gets an R rating with yeah. with films. Not so much. Yeah,
1: if you say four f bombs in a film, then it's immediately an R rating. Like Finding Dory could be exactly what it is, but if you drop in like four f bombs in there somewhere, it's immediately yeah. rated R.
0: So so yeah, that shows yeah, how. Violence
1: is everywhere. Yeah. And, you know, Quentin Tarantino said that violence, for some reason, that people really don't understand is that it just makes good cinema for some reason. Like, people always love seeing the good guy give a one-liner, kill the guy, or beat the guy up, and then everyone applauds.
0: I think it's just natural for, like, humans in general to have... Disliking towards violence like towards i mean when it's a fantasy it's easy to look at but like in real life it's it's a whole new different story so at the same time we've been desensitized but like it can still hit home when it really happens you know
1: yeah i i really also think that the reason people blame things like movies and video games and such and such is because it's easy it's easy to
0: blame yeah, you just want somebody to point the finger at. It, it makes you feel right. better that there's someone at fault. And I don't think anyone could have pre- prevented this. And, like, what are you going to do? Tell people to stop making violent movies and games? Like, it's,
1: it's- Yeah, like, if you don't like the violent movies or games, then just don't watch them and don't play them. I, wasn't there Um, a situation where...
2: Someone within the government or something was trying to ban video games at one point when one Call of Duty game came out or something like that.
1: I know Hillary Clinton Yeah. I do know that Hillary Clinton tried a couple of times to ban the Grand Theft Auto series. Oh, the Grand Theft Auto. Oh
0: yeah, because you can <laughs> literally go on a rampage and just murder hundreds and hundreds of people. I've Yeah, you can. I've I've done that sometimes. I've played the game. (laughs) In the game, I will. In the game. Yeah, yeah.
1: I will say, though, video
2: games do help people who have anger um, management stuff to deal with. Or, you know, at least they're not hitting people in real life. I will say that. You're just...
1: They'll just play the video game and let
2: all the anger out. Yeah. And their studies have shown that. So... It's, that's a safer option than, you know, going out there, find a random person and do what you do on, in a video
1: game. And I saw this um, study years ago. Someone studied that um, video games, the violence in video games is not what causes violence in people. It's actually the difficulty of the game. Oh, Yeah. <laughs>
0: Like when you're throwing your controller at the TV.
1: You throw your controller into the television. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Damn it! I can't beat it. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. I will say though, video games are getting better and better with graphics nowadays. Like during video games yeah. nowadays. Yeah.
0: Are you guys into video games?
1: Yeah. I'm. I had to take a hiatus one time, but I'm starting to get back into the uh, video game thing, and I'm catching up on a lot of things. One of the game games
0: that, um, what? I so said, what was the last game you played? Uh,
1: the last game I played, um, well, I'm right now I'm working on Rainbow Six Vegas because, again, I had to take a long hiatus for a certain reason, and I'm just starting to get back, you know, into that. But one of one of my favorite games that I played was the 2013
0: Tomb Raider game. Which is a perfect set because we're going to talk about the trailer <laughs> of Tomb Raider. Yeah. It's, it's almost strange. like you knew. So. <laughs> so this new Tomb Raider game is starting Alicia Vikander. She's been seen in films like Ex Machida, great film, Jason Bourne, which was meh, and The Man from Uncle, which was also meh. So with this and movie also, coming out... Oh, go ahead. Yeah. And she
1: also won the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress in The Danish Girl.
0: Nice. The more yeah. you
1: know.
2: <laughs> Yes.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, this movie, it seems like it's going to be based off that 2013 reboot game. And I don't know how I feel about that because I wasn't really that invested in the story. I don't know about you, Casey. Did you like the story in that game?
1: I, I do, yeah. Like when I play a game, I don't really go on there for multiplayer. I focus on the story of the game because video games over the years have become incredibly cinematic to a point where it's almost as if you're watching a movie. And yeah, like just yeah, go ahead. Yeah, the the story, we're, we're both huge fans of Japanese culture, and the story in the 2013 game is really centered around that. There's like samurais and Japanese queens and things like that, and it's really, really cool. We actually, when we were researching the trailer and everything, we actually found a comparison video between the game and the movie, and the guy actually showed direct shots taken from the game and put into the movie.
0: Like when she jumped off the boat?
1: When she jumped off the boat, when she was looking at the uh, map, when she was uh, talking to the guy, and when she jumped on uh, to the body of the plane from the wing.
0: Yeah, I remember that part too. Yeah. So with that story in the game, I felt like the side characters added nothing to it. And it was just mainly Lara Crofts. And Lara Croft, she's a pretty serious character. So, like, the tone was uh, was really serious and it kind of bogged it down for me. And, like, the villain, he he didn't do it for me either. That's why I'm a little worried about this. But Walter Goggins seems like he's going to be the villain in this film. And I really like his work. So, you know, that's something to be positive about. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Walter Goggins.
1: Well, I mean, the thing that I believe about Laura Croft is that, you know, I mean, again, you mentioned that the side characters made really, like, no significance in the game. I think the reason for that is because ever since Laura Croft's creation, she's always realistically been a lone wolf. She's never really had any, you know, teammates helping her out or anything. She's always been on her own, fighting on her own, and just, you know giving it her all every single time and coming out on top.
0: That's a good point. So yeah. with this film... <laughs> go ahead. What were you saying? I said, with this film, it could like really set a president on two fronts. Like, We have female action stars out there, but no one really has like a franchise there hasn't been like a female action star that like actually been in like multiple movies and also on the other front it could pave the way for making good video game movies because i don't think there's any out there like lee like do you do you have a favorite female action star like that you can think of or like what was your favorite movie like starting a female action star like just off the top of your head
2: um, I'm thinking of Black Widow right now and I'm actually surprised uh she didn't have um a film solely on herself yet with the adventures.
0: I'm sure they talked about it, but
2: Yeah, with I, um I don't
0: I don't know how like the studios feel about just like throwing millions and millions of dollars towards just Black Widow.
2: Yeah. Well that's um with Lara Croft I think, I like the fact that they they have um, a female action hero out there that girls can look up to, but I just don't like the fact that there's so much focus on the fact, oh, she's a woman, she's a woman. Like, why can't they just see her as, you know, she's just another um, action hero. She just happens to be a woman sort of thing.
0: Hey, I have no problem with that at all.
2: Yeah, because... Because I love, because, yeah, I like the fact that, um, you know, she is a woman, but what else can she do? Like, she's like any other action hero out there. And from the looks of the trailer, she does look like a badass, so that sort of thing.
0: You guys think she uh, fits the part, she looks the part?
1: Yeah, I think so. She really is buff, and I'm sure Lara Croft has to be buff. Yeah, no, kind of she world. does. Like, Lara Croft, she's really agile. She knows how to get around and everything. And I think she's a, a much better choice to play the part than Angelina Jolie. But that's probably because they really changed Lara Croft's character from the old games um, up for 2013 because if you look at the old game, she was like, um, she, she had a tendency to be full of herself, but she was really strong and she could hold her own. But then when 2013 came in, they changed her into this, um, you know, not so fully confident because she's never been on an adventure, but then when she does get on there and she's forced to become this uh, machine that can survive anything, even after all of that they still made her um like a a regular person but stronger
0: yeah because in the old films it was just a cheese fest so yeah it was a good popcorn (laughs) it was a good popcorn flick but it it was terrible (laughs) but it's one of my guilty pleasures i did enjoy the first tomb raider for what it was during that time
1: yeah, it was it was a good Simon. It was a pretty good uh, Simon West movie.
0: So, based on what we know on movies based on video games, do you guys think it's going to flop critically?
2: Uh, some did, didn't they? I'm trying to think of which films um flopped, but there were I some. Can, but then I there were some that did as well. Oh, okay.
0: Um, we got Tomb Raider. Warcraft Mortal Kombat Street Fighter oh Oh my gosh Max Payne
1: oh Matt, Matt, that was that was a disappointment
0: both Hitman movies Silent Hill Super Mario Brothers you guys remember
1: Uh, but for some reason that's one of those films that's so bad it's good
0: (laughs) it is I heard that like the the main star almost died on set multiple times because it was just unsafe for everybody. yeah. <laughs> so yeah given the track oh, record it's, it's probably going to be terrible
2: oh yeah uh, On, I just thought of Resident Evil
0: I did enjoy the first Resident Evil I like the yeah, second was- one too the third one is when it started to go off the rails for me
2: how many were there? I know I know there were three, but I'm sure there were more, and I think a new one's coming out. I could be wrong, though.
0: No, I think they just finally wrapped up back in January. They may have been oh. like seven films.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I honestly out, think that. Out
0: after three. Yeah.
1: I mean, I honestly think that this film. Will be received well by critics and audiences because when I was watching the trailer, again, I've played the game and I've beaten the game, but I watched the trailer and, you know, before I even watched the comparison video, I definitely saw a lot of similarities between that and the game. And I actually learned this when we saw the new IT movie. In order to make a successful reboot of anything or even make the transition from video game to um, movie, especially now with video games being so uh, cinematic, you have to um, do your best to create Um, a mirror image of the video game, but at the same time, put in your own personal touch into little things. And I could really, it's really clear that this director took the time to pick an actress who he believed could play the part and look the part.
0: Yeah, Roar Utah, uh, the Norwegian film director. Yeah, he, uh, he he really puts some thought into Alicia, Alicia Vikander because she, she's been in some good stuff. So I know acting is not going to be a problem. It's just whether or not the story is going to mesh and in, uh, translate into film because, you know, video games, is, movies are hard to do. And I hope this, you know, changes the game for the better.
1: Yeah. Cause- well, I mean... If he just adds his own touch into little things, then it could definitely work.
0: Yeah, because there's another movie coming out based on one of my favorite video games, Uncharted. So and Tomb oh, of my favorite Uncharted. games ever. So I hope this works. You guys play Uncharted? Yeah.
1: Did you so play I, I love Uncharted. I love Uncharted I think it's I think it was the greatest PS3 game ever released PS3 oh my.
0: yeah Nathan Drake is one of my favorite characters ever in anything and I hope Tom yeah, no. Holland nails it
1: actually something really interesting to any of the listeners who are a fan of uh, Screw Attack and Death Battle on YouTube they actually had a death battle between Nathan Drake and Lark. I've seen
0: it I've seen it it was awesome yeah I was geeking out the entire time. I don't think <laughs> one. Was it was it was Lara Croft?
1: Yeah, Laura won.
0: Yeah, I think she's she just went... more skilled Yeah, and she, she was just stronger looks his way through everything.
1: <laughs> yeah, she was stronger.
0: <laughs> well, I think we covered everything, guys. Anything yeah, sounds, to the listeners like or it. how can we reach you? What platforms and all that other good stuff?
1: Well, I mean, we're available on SoundCloud. You could just um, type in Awesome Film Fanatics, one word, and we will come up on um, on uh, SoundCloud. And we're also available on iTunes. And you could follow us on our Twitter page at hashtag FilmNatics.
0: There you guys go. Give them a listen. Lee, do you have any final words for the listeners?
1: Uh.
2: Again, I just wanted to say thank you for having us on your podcast. It really is a great a great time having you with us.
1: <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too, man. And to you and all the listeners who listen to this episode, you're all awesome.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's your stamp of approval from the awesome film phonetics because they're awesome. And if they say you're awesome, that means you're yes. awesome. <laughs> yes. All right, and guys. We have- it's been a- Oh go ahead, Lee. Go ahead.
2: Oh, um, we do um film reviews, we do um top uh twelve lists. Yeah. We did interviews with um people within the film slash T V industry. We nice. um we done discussions about we recently did about our favorite directors, so um we do um mostly film stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah, just briefly talk about your last episode so people can just jump in and start listening.
2: Yeah.
1: So Basically, yeah, the, about... um, the last episode that we did, um, Lee actually came up with the idea. Why don't we just like, because usually when we do film reviews and top 12 lists, we like, you know, write, like give ourselves notes. So that way we have reference and everything. But Lee came up with the idea. Why don't we just do an episode where we just have a conversation like we do on a daily basis? About it, um, about it just better too yeah and that's basically what it was the last episode that we did episode 22
0: nice you guys are getting up there I'm working on episode 7 right now I gotta catch up to you guys
2: yeah <laughs> I guess it's but, easier
1: because
0: uh, you two are dating you're always together
1: whereas <laughs> I gotta check down
0: my co-hosts oh
1: yeah. uh, no trust, trust me man we have hectic schedules too
2: and realistically, all you have to do, um, like, to make your um, podcast more and more um, old, um, out there, is to post more episodes. Like, keep doing what you love. Keep talking about what you enjoy talking about, and right. uh, just keep doing it.
1: Just like any goals in life, and this goes out to all the listeners as well. It's all about persistence.
2: Yeah, and even at certain times in your lives where you feel down or you don't feel like you can't do anything like oh, whatever you want to do, just keep doing it. Don't worry about what other people think. As long as you're doing what you love, that should matter.
1: And if one episode doesn't get as many listens as the other ones have, that's not bad. I mean, even highly successful podcasters and YouTubers. and YouTubers as well, they could get an episode that gets like uh, 200,000 listens and then the next one they'll only get uh, 80,000. It's just the way way of the game.
0: Yeah, you're right. Like, you can look at even some of the most popular podcasters, if you go back to their earlier work, they have the least amount of listens. But, you know, the more you do it, the more you get exposure. So... We're mm-hmm. going to keep at it, and hopefully, you know, this turns into a lucrative career for all of us. And I look forward to collaborating with you guys in the future. It's been fun, and I can't wait to be on you guys' show. So just
1: keep. We will definitely have on the you next on topic as is. soon as we can. <laughs> we're actually in the process of um, moving our office because we're actually going to uh, make a big transition with the podcast. We're going to try to make it visual. But we are in the process of moving everything, so.
0: Yeah, that'd be great. Like, put some B-roll on top of whatever you're talking about, and you know, really.
1: Yeah, and we'll face. even, yeah, we'll even um, get you on uh, Skype and uh, put your face um, on the show as well,
2: if you want. <laughs> put this ugly
0: mug out there. Let's get it. Let's get yeah. It happening.
1: <laughs> yeah. Absolutely.
0: All right, guys. I want to thank Casey and Lee for joining me today. You've listened to a very special edition, a very awesome film fanatic edition of Almost First. Glad to be here. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks, guys.